0: Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I am your host Casper. I am your other host Becky Gremin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because
1: Wednesdays are for podcasts. Oh, I don't know why that sounded like that. I don't know where it's so, <laughs> I'm in that mood. That's how my brain feels right
0: now. So, have you, yeah. have you seen that video of the seal that's turning in circles and it's like yes. circus music? That's kind of how my brain is at all times, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so guys, before we get into this heavy episode about John Binet Ramsey, we are going to have a word from small Sare. Calm your bunny down. <laughs> I like that one. That was my Jonas Brothers slash, I don't know.
1: I always love how it's the Jonas Brothers. It always comes out the Jonas Brothers. Um, So, guys, uh, there was some, like, weird... Okay, so (laughs) we have a full moon coming up, in case you guys didn't know. So that always means
0: weird glitches. We also have a retrograde coming. Which is great. Can't wait.
1: Um, So there were, like, all kinds of glitches yesterday on Etsy and on my instagram so i highly apologize if anybody logged on to either one and there were technical difficulties there was a lot going on um everything as of everything should be fine now everything's been fine today as far as how everything's working orders are completely open um so if anybody wants to order now everything is open um to shop next week will be the start of the sale um, since you guys saw that uh, this past weekend the weekend before I was out of town so um, now everything's open and then we're going to have kind of like a what would have been a Labor Day sale next week so that'll be Monday I'll post about that otherwise everything um, is calm your body down on Etsy or Instagram thank you guys
0: please tell me why Dance Monkey just popped in my head I don't know Dance with me, dance on me, dance on me, ho. Oh. You and my husband love that song,
1: and I—I I guess I'm like of the unpopular Danielle hates that it, it, too. it Oh, okay, so I'm not. She hates it. their voice, so I'm not the only
0: one. I actually like it. I think it's a bop. Anyway, I don't know why. your body down
1: <clears throat> to each their own.
0: I think that's just how that works
1: okay so you guys um before we get into it even though this is sad too sorry guys um but it does pertain to the horror community um i have not finished it yet my husband and i haven't only it's such a heavy show and now it's just going to be heavier um if people haven't been aware anybody that's a lovecraft country fan um that was just so important to the black community and the horror community it was so great uh again we're going to finish it, I promise. Um, non-horror related, if you are a fan of The Wire, that show is incredible. Um, Michael K. Williams is no longer with us. Uh, that just so... I just wanted to put that out there. Um, that was somebody I feel that was very important, not only just to the community, to, to just... That was an actor that had a lot. He will forever remain one of the greatest um character actors of our time and uh it's just a real loss and uh you know anything that pertains to the horror community I'm going to throw it out there because Lovecraft Country is an incredible show um but it is so heavy that's why I know it's usually like my husband and I usually don't have a problem binging shows that we really, really like. It's just this one. It's like you got to take an episode at a time. You have to like take an episode, have like a week to recover, and then take another episode. Oh, like, you mean it like it Handmaid's is, Tale? It is so fucking. You talk about triggering. Oh, my God. Well, because it deals with a lot of racism. Like, I think one of the first episodes is literally about a sundown. sundown oh, no. Town, like, both, so- both shows well, yeah, in, both, both way, show in their own way. Very triggering. Both shows their own ways are extremely triggering. <laughs> so, yes. It's basically the same thing. You have to like take a week off. And then like, go you to the can't next binge episode. that shit. No. No, you can't binge Lovecraft Country. You, there's no way you could do it. Um, but, yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um so
0: I that was me for him. It's
1: terrible. <laughs> like, rest in peace to his family. Um, and just, you know, it was just a big loss to the community. It completely caught me off guard. I just...
0: Yeah, sincerely, sucks. RIP. And, you know, my condolences to the family um, and his friends because... That was a that was a hit. Like, Twitter and Instagram were blowing up with, you know, people in the horror community that knew him, that loved him. And that was very sad. Well, and it's just been even crazier that there were just a lot
1: of, it just seemed like that whole, this whole past weekend, it was like drug death after drug death after drug death. Just don't do drugs, kids. Okay? Just say no. Unless it's safe stuff from Mother Earth and you have a prescription or it's legal in your state or you're just getting it from a trusted source and it's safe for you and, you know, you're doing it somewhere safe and, you know, you're going to be groovy after you do it. All that. You guys know what I'm talking about. All the other stuff. Don't. Just don't. Just don't do it. It nothing good comes from it. It's not worth it. it it's just it's just not worth it. It's just it's never worth it. So just don't. <laughs> just don't. Drugs are bad, kids. Just drugs, say no. Drugs bad, okay. Drugs bad. My knee. For any South I would Park also
0: like to South say, say, fans out there, that was the chair. <laughs> that was not in my butt. Drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. <laughs> All right, my dudes, let's get into this terribly sad episode. Um,
1: yeah, this is... So this we're going
0: to be talking about John Bene Ramsey and the, the cold case of um, that because it's still unsolved. Of course, you know, we're going to talk about theories and all that. Uh, we have our own theories, which I'm pretty sure we have the same one. Um, so I remember seeing Mike commented on Twitter and he goes, her face was everywhere when that happened. He's like, I remember that. Um, So John Monet, Patricia Ramsey, born August 6th of 1990, died December 26th, 1996, was an American child beauty queen who was killed at the age of six in her home in Boulder, Colorado. A long written ransom note was found in the home and her father, John found her body in the basement of their house. About 7 hours after she had been reported mil- milsing, missing. Um, so, she, the case, her death was ruled a, tra- a homicide. A homicide. Good lord. I mean, I guess you could call it a homicide. Her death was ruled a homicide and the case generated nationwide public and media interest. In part because her mother, Patsy, herself a former beauty queen, had entered John Bonnet into a series of child beauty pageants. This crime is still unsolved and remains an open investigation of the Boulder Police Department. Um, the police initially suspected that the ransom note had been written by Patsy and that the note appearance of her body, Monay's body, had been staged by her parents in order to cover up the murder. In 98, the police and district attorney both said that her brother, Burke, who was nine years old at the time of her death, was not a suspect. Monay's parents gave several televised interviews but resisted police questioning except on their own terms. In October of 2013, unsealed court documents revealed that a 1999 grand jury had recommended filing charges against the Ramseys for permitting the child to be in a threatening situation. John and Patsy were also accused of hindering the prosecution of an unidentified person who had, quote, committed the crime of murder in the first degree and child abuse resulting in death, unquote. However, the DA determined there was sufficient insufficient evidence to pursue a successful indictment. In 2002, the DA's successor took over investigation of the case from the police and primarily pursued the theory that an intruder had committed the killing. In 2003, trace DNA that was taken from the victim's clothes was found to belong to an unknown male. Each of the family's DNA had been excluded from this match. The DA sent the Ramseys a letter of apology in 2008, declaring the family was completely cleared by DNA results. Others, including former Boulder Police Chief Mark Beckner, Disagreed with exonerating the Ramses, characterizing the DNA as a small piece of evidence that was not proven to have any connection to the crime. In February of 2009, the Boulder Police took the case back from the DA and reopened the investigation. National and international media coverage of the case focused on John Bonet's brief beauty pageant career, as well as her parents' wealth and the unusual evidence found in the case. Media reports questioned how the police handled the investigation. Her family members, or Ramsey family members, and their friends have filed Uh, defamation suits against several media organizations.
1: Yeah, I was old enough. I'm old enough to remember all of this. It was around literally everywhere. Um, Yeah, you couldn't get away from it. And uh, it's crazy, though, because her she did not do pageants very long it was short-lived but that was definitely such a big focus because i i don't know how other people are going to feel out there i think pageants are weird and i think they're creepy and i think they're very exploitive for, um, for children
0: especially. for children
1: right for, for five-year-olds it's just very weird to me um so i think it was easy to sort of point how this could have attracted pedophiles um, and also so much being pushed on the family. Um, so we'll get into that more here when we get into how the evidence played a role. Um, JonBenet was born on August 6th of 1990 in Atlanta, Georgia. She was the youngest child of Patsy and John Ramsey. Um, Patsy died of, uh, we'll get into that later. She died in 2006 of ovarian cancer. Um, her older biological brother, Burke, was born in 1987. Um, John had had two children from previous relationship. Um, She was enrolled at High Peaks Elementary School in Boulder, Colorado. Her body was found on December 26th of 1996. She was buried in Marietta, Georgia at the St. James Episcopal Cemetery on December 31st. Um, She was interred next to her half-sister, who had died in a car crash nearly five years earlier at the age of 22. So that would have been um, John's child because he was married um, previously before Patsy or Patricia Ramsey and um, had uh, three children with her and then three children with uh, his first wife. And then one of them passed away and then two children with Patsy, John, Bonet and Burke. Um, Here's just in case I mentioned, because there, are yeah,
0: a man named Ramsey. Just in case people get
1: confused <laughs> because there were so many, because there were so many kids. So, um, and just to give a background on the, pa- on the parents, John, because they did live in a very affluent neighborhood in Boulder, Colorado. They had money. John was a businessman, um, who was the president of Access Graphics, a computer software company that later became a subsidiary of Lockheed Martin. Uh, his first marriage that I mentioned ended, uh, in divorce in 1978. Um, besides the child that passed away, like I mentioned, he has two adult children, a son and a daughter. Um, in 1991, when uh, him and Patsy were married, they moved to Boulder where the headquarters of his company was located. Uh, Patsy, um, had previously been in pageants. So she entered John Bonnet in a variety of beauty, child beauty pageants in Boulder, she won titles such as uh, America's Royale Miss, Little Miss Vue, Little Miss Colorado, Colorado State All Star Kids Cover Girl, and National Tiny Miss
0: Beauty. She's beauty um, and she's grace. She's a miss, you know. I'm sorry. That would have
1: been <laughs> fucking miscongeniality. Not to, I know it's too hard not to. So great. Um, Jean active active role in child beauty pageants and Patsy's reported pageant mom behavior reported by the media after the murder in the summer of '97, approximately six months after Jeanne's death, the Ramses moved to a new home in Atlanta after a summer uh, retreat at their vacation home in Charlevoix, Michigan. Um, and again, like I mentioned, uh, Patsy died in 2006 of ovarian cancer. She was buried next to Jeanne. Um, so now digging more into the evidence of the case, according to statements that Patsy gave on December 26th, she realized that her daughter was missing after she found a, now mind you, this is very, very atypical in cases where there's a ransom note. This ransom note was two and a half pages long. This is very unheard of in cases like this. Um, she found it on the kitchen staircase, also, where she found it was really weird. <laughs> the um, kitchen staircase. I was just... That's like not... This house was fucking huge, too, by the way. Right. P- people can Google... Uh, they they did something like even trying to change the address of the house like they did with the Amityville house, house, and they yeah. still can't sell it. So it's... And it's a, again, huge house, very affluent neighborhood in Boulder, Colorado. But anyway, um, really weird place where they found this really weird ransom note. It demanded... Um, which just so happened to be the exact amount of a prior bonus that John just got um, the previous year for Christmas. Um, Investigators looked into several theories behind the dollar amount, considering that it could be employees of John's company. They also considered the possibility that the ransom note referenced Psalm 118 and spoke to religious sources to determine possible relevance. Uh, The ransom note was unusually long, like I mentioned. The FBI told the police that it was very unusual for the note to be written at the crime scene. So they believed that it was staged because they did not have any fingerprints except for Patsy's and the authorities that handled it, and because it included really unusual marks like exclamation points and initialisms. The note practice draft were written with a pen and notepad from the Ramsey home. Now, I was aware of all of this. This was this is bringing back memories of things I read about the case. The Colorado B- Bureau of Investigation, the CBI, reported that there are indications that the author of the ransom note is Patsy Ramsey. However, that evidence fails short of a definitive conclusion. Michael Baden, or Baden, I'm I believe it's Baden. I apologize if I'm. Uh, i mis-enunciating that. A board-certified forensic pathologist. uh, He's consulted on a million cases, so I'm very well familiar with this name. He said that he had never seen a note like this in his 60-plus-year experience. He did not think it was written by an outside stranger. I've always said the same thing. That fucking ransom note is weird. Where it was found was fucking weird. Um, A federal court ruled that it was highly unlikely that Patsy wrote the note citing six certified handwriting experts. The court bemoaned the existence of self-proclaimed experts without credentials trying to wrangle their way into the case by accusing Patsy without scientific bias. Um, I mean, again, this whole the crime scene was botched to hell and back. So that will go into the more into the case as well. So this is the initial 911 call and when Jean Benet was found. The only people known to be in the house at the time of Benet's death were the immediate family, Patsy, John, and Burke. The ransom note contained specific instructions against contacting police and friends, but Patsy telephoned the police at 5.52 a.m. She also called family and friends. Two police officers responded to the 911 call and arrived at the Ramsey-, Ramsey home within three minutes. They conducted a cursory search of the house, but did not find any signs of forced entry. Officer Rick French went to the basement, came to a door that was secured by a wooden latch. He paused for a moment in front of the door, but walked away without opening it. French later explained that he was looking for an exit route used by the kidnapper, which the closed inside peg ruled out. Jaminé's body was later found behind that door. With her still missing, John made arrangements to pay the ransom. A forensics team was dispatched to the house. The team initially believed that the child had been kidnapped and John Bonet's bedroom was the only room in the house that was corded off to prevent contamination of evidence. (laughs) Not the whole house, just her room, mind you. No precautions were taken to prevent contamination, again, like I said, in the rest of the house. Um, Friends, advocates, family minister, everybody just came traipsing through the house, destroyed all types of possible evidence. Uh, Boulder detective Linda Arnt, aren't. That's what we're going with. Arrived at about 8 a.m. with the goal of awaiting the kidnapper's instructions, but there was never an attempt by anyone to claim the money. Um, By 1 o'clock, Detective Arndt asked John and Fleet White, a family friend, to search the house to see if there was anything amiss. Not the police. The dad and a friend. Okay. Okay. That, because right um because they're not gonna the know, clean up anything mine. that you again know. Too, you guys have to understand too and i and again i'm not i'm not i'm literally not giving the police any pass. but this is like this was the only thing that had ever happened like this in their neighborhood they had never there was literally like no training no 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 other cases to go by it, it they they it, it's it's not only was the case itself botched, the police literally had no idea what they were doing, and a lot of police do not like to admit a when they're wrong, or b when they don't know what the fuck they're doing, or b when they're wrong because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. And there or was like all of that. all of the above that yeah, a lot of that was going on. So John. Um, Opened the latch door that Officer French overlooked and found his daughter's body. Um, She was covered with duct tape. Her mouth was covered in duct tape. She was found with a nylon cord around her wrist and neck. And her torso was covered with a white blanket. Um, John picked her up, took her upstairs. So again, all of that further contaminated the area, contaminated her body. All critical physical forensic evidence completely disturbed. Completely moved her, touched her, everything. So right then and there, done. Any crucial evidence that you would have found in that moment, completely destroyed. Totally destroyed. Um, So each of the Ramseys provided handwriting, blood and hair samples. Not that it would fucking matter at that point. John and Patsy participated in preliminary interviews for more than two hours. Burke was also interviewed within the first couple hours following Jaminé's death. Weeks. Right, weeks, I'm sorry, after her death. Um, So again, all this stuff, ruling out their handwriting, ruling this out, ruling this out, I really don't know how you can rule out a botched crime scene. So
0: I I just- Like literally the whole fucking crime scene is contaminated. Everything is contaminated. Everything. You even found her body and moved it. You don't fucking
1: touch a crime scene like that. So I'm not going to get into a lot of details because she was a six-year-old child and typically we don't like doing cases like that involving children. It's just the Jean-Bonnet the Jean Ramsey case was such a high-profile case. And again, going back to kind of the theme we've been having with unsolved murders, this is one of the most high-profile murders that is still to this day unsolved, even with as many theories have been out there over over the last few years. So um the only things that I am gonna mention, um, because most people already know this, uh, essentially what the autopsy found, that it was the death was due to strangulation and a skull fracture. Um, there was no, episode, no evidence of rape, uh, possibly evidence of sexual assault. The only reason why I'm mentioning that is because that is going to come up later in theories of who we believe possibly did it, or at least who I believe possibly did it. So I'm, otherwise, I'm not going to get into a lot of the gory details. I'd say we because probably she was agree a sexual on. child, so we've already covered that part of it. Um, one thing I do want to mention is that the autopsy revealed that there was fruit present in her stomach uh, that represented pineapples, um, meaning that she would have eaten that a few hours before her death. There were photographs in the home taken the, taken on the day that her body was found, showing a bowl of pineapple on the kitchen table with a spoon in it. Mind you, this was the day before Christmas. Their house was on some sort of like neighborhood Christmas thing, so there were there would have been a lot of pictures, a lot of people in and out of the house, yada yada yada. Um, however, this pineapple in the bowl thing with the spoon, John or, John nor Patsy ever remembered putting the bowl of pineapple on the table or feeding John Bonet the pineapple or ever seeing her eat it. They have literally no memory of this at all. Uh, the Ramses have always stated that Burke was asleep completely asleep the entire night until he was awakened by the police several hours later, even though Burke's fingerprints and only Burke's fingerprints were found on the bowl of the on the pineapple bowl that uh Gi had been eating so that's oh. interesting. Well, well, getting into blood samples. In December of 2003, forensic investigators extracted enough blood, or enough material, rather, from a mixed blood sample found on John Bonet's underwear to establish a DNA profile. It belonged to an unknown male person and excluded the DNA of each of the Ramses. When it was submitted to the FBI's CODIS, which is the Combined DNA Index System, uh, it's a DNA of more. It's a database of more than 1.6 million DNA profiles. The sample did not match any of them. In October of 2016, a report said that new forensic analysis with more sensitive techniques revealed that the original DNA contained genetic markers from two individuals other than Jomine. Okay. So again, DNA can bounce all over the place. So right. A. James Kohler, who was a lead investigator for the DA's office, said that there were additional traces of male DNA found on the cord and paintbrush that Boulder District Attorney Mary Lacey did not mention and that there were six separate DNA samples belonging to an unknown, unknown individuals that were found by the test. Former FBI profiler Candace DeLong, love her too. Um, She's on a lot of those like murder mystery shows uh, on Discovery+. Plus. She's on a lot of those. I love Candace Delong, Love her. Um, She believes that the DNA, having shown up identically in several different places on multiple surfaces, belongs to the killer. Former Adams County, Colorado District Attorney Bob Grant, who has assisted the Boulder DA office on the case for many years, also believes that the DNA evidence is significant, Mm -hmm. saying that any resolution of the case would have to explain how the DNA showed up on several pieces of her clothing. Forensic pathologist Michael Baden, that I uh, mentioned before, he stated that trace amounts of DNA can get on places and clothing from all different non-suspicious means. There is no forensic evidence to show that this is a stranger murder. Oof. So again, Oof. these are like highly credible people along with evidence that is all pointing to...
0: A member of the family. Not a stranger. So, yeah. So, experts, media, commentators, and the Ramseys have identified potential suspects in the case. Boulder police initially focused almost exclusively exclusively upon John and Patsy, but by October of 97 had over 1,600 people in their index of persons of interest for the case. Wow. That's a lot, <laughs> That's a lot of peeps. Kind of Errors that were made in the initial investigation complicated the resolution of the investigation and in applicable theory. Those errors included loss and contamination of evidence. No shit. Lack of experience and technical staff on the investigation. No no shit. Evidence shared with the Ramseys and delayed informal interviews with the parents. Yeah. Lou Smith was a detective who came out of retirement in early 97 to assist the Boulder County District Attorney's Office with the case. In May of 98, he presented his findings to the Boulder Police with other staff members of the DA's office, including... That the evidence pointed away from the Ramseys. They were unable to successfully challenge the police department's belief that the Ramseys were guilty. The DA's office sought to take control of the investigation. Due to the animosity between the police and the DA's office, the pressure to obtain a conviction, Colorado Governor Roy Romer interceded and named Michael Kane. I'm sorry. I, every time I read that name, I'm like, Michael you Kane. no. I know. That's Alfred. You're like, no. <laughs> he... Not him. <laughs> he failed. He failed. I, failed. I failed. Bitch, I cried so fucking hard. Thank God, that movie. Um, Michael Caine, Kane, K A N E, as special prosecutor to initiate a grand jury. Two of the lead investigators in the case had op- opposing views. Both Lou Smith and Steve Thomas ultimately resigned. Smith, because he believed the investigation had incompetently overlooked the intruder hypothesis. And Thomas, because the DA's office had interfered and failed to support the police investigation of the case, a grand jury was convened. Convened beginning September 15th. <laughs> Ironic that is today. Yeah, uh, nice. September 15th, 1998, to consider indicting the Ramseys for charges relating to the case. In '99, the grand jury returned a true bill to charge the Ramses with placing the child at risk in a way that led to her death, and was obstructing an individual investigation of murder based on the probable cause standard applied in such grand jury proceedings. But Boulder County district attorney, Alex Hunter did not prosecute them because he did not believe he could meet a higher standard of proving guilt beyond a reasonable doubt that is required for a criminal conviction.
1: Basically what the grand jury was trying to indict the Ramseys for was obstruction of justice. Basically saying that it was not necessarily saying that they murdered their child, but that it was their fault that their child died and that they were trying to obstruct the investigation. So they were, an obstruction of justice means that you're doing whatever you can to disrupt the investigation. Whether that be destroy evidence, protect uh, witnesses, intimidate witnesses, um, just, just any number of things. Um, so... And, and really, I don't know how you could have, them, obstruction to justice, I don't know what more they could have done worse than what the police did in that investigation. That Nobody was doing the whole thing. I mean. Everybody was obstructing um, just, justice. Could I buy with what I believe that the Ramses that it was basically their fault? Yes. Yes. But again, here is the biggest problem and this is exactly what happens in so many cases like this going back to what to why the DA at the at the time decided not to prosecute if you cannot meet the standard of proving guilty beyond a reasonable doubt don't even try it you're you're wasting time you're wasting court hours you're you're wasting taxpayer dollars A lot of cases don't get tried because there just really isn't enough evidence. And when you're going to do a a murder case or a death case, if you're doing any type of case where someone is responsible for someone, where you're trying to prove, whether by murder or whatever, that someone is responsible for someone else's death, that you, you need so much evidence. Sometimes it can even be made up. We've seen that happen. But I mean, even this one, there just, there just wasn't enough evidence. I think it was really easy to point the finger. There was a, I will say there was a lot of circumstantial evidence, mm-hmm. but
0: you're still not going to get anywhere. At with least that.
1: one way that this was <sighs> a good DA is that he didn't, because bad DAs, even if there's a mountain of circumstantial evidence, they'll still take that to trial and that doesn't always gives you give you a conviction of guilt beyond a reasonable doubt with circumstantial evidence, even if there's even if there's Mount Everest size mountains of of it. it that doesn't always secure you a conviction. Um, so or a ruling, I should say, of guilty. Uh, yeah. So um, you know, I mean, this is a good this is a good district attorney because he didn't waste people's time. Uh, I know a lot of people don't want to hear that because there's a lot of people out there that think they're guilty. I think they're guilty I- I- indirectly, but um, this is a sign of a good DA because he knew that he he knew that he wasn't gonna you know if we're if we're if they're not if we know that we aren't gonna get a guilty verdict, then what's the point? Right. I mean yep. that just. You got you got to play both sides. I hate I hate the devil's advocate yeah. thing. I hate playing both sides of the sword. I fucking hate doing that shit. But but you have to, especially in stuff like this, because you don't want to waste people's time. Because here's the other thing too: if it gets if it get if you get a not guilty verdict, then if real evidence comes up later that prove they did deal, did do it, then you got double jeopardy. You can't convict them again.
0: Mm-hmm. Oops. So, he didn't want that to happen either. So, Right. Exactly. 100%. <clears throat> Mary Lacey, the next Boulder County District Attorney, took over the investigation from the police on December 26th of 2002. In April of 2003, she agreed with a federal judge who said on a 2002 libel case that evidence in this is in the suit is more consistent with a the theory than that an intruder murdered John Bonet than it was with the theory that Miss Ramsey did. On July 9th of 2008, the Boulder District Attorney's Office announced that as a result of newly developed DNA sampling and testing techniques, touch DNA uh, analysis, the Ramsey family members were excluded as suspects in the case and Lacey publicly exonerated the Ramseys. On February 2nd of 2009, Boulder Police Chief Mark Beckner announced that Stan Garnett, the new Boulder County District Attorney, was turning the case over to his agency and that his team would resume investigating it. Garnett found that the statute of limitations for the crimes identified in the 99 Grand Jury true Bill had expired and did not pursue review of the case against the Ramseys. In October of 2010, the Boulder Police reopened the cold case. New interviews were conducted following a fresh inquiry by a committee that included the state and federal investigators. Police were expected to use the latest DNA technology in their investigation. There was no new information gleaned from those interviews. It was reported in September of 16 that the investigation into Bonet's death continues to be an active homicide case, per Boulder Police Chief Greg Testa. In 2015, Beckner disagreed with exonerating the Ramsey, stating, Exonerating anyone based on a small piece of evidence that has not yet been proved to even be connected to the crime is absurd. Preach. Mm-hmm. Um, he also stated that the unknown DNA from John Bonet's clothing has got to be the focus of the investigation at this point in time, and that until one can prove otherwise, the suspect is the donor of that unknown DNA. In 2016, Gordon Coombs, we'll go with Coombs, Coombs or Combs, um, a former investigator for the Boulder County District Attorney's Office, also questioned total absolution of the Ramsey, stating. We all shed DNA all the time within our skin cells. It can be deposited anywhere at any time for various reasons. Reasons that are benign. To clear somebody just on the premise of touch DNA, especially when you have a situation where the crime scene wasn't secure at the beginning, really is a stretch. Stephen E. Pitt, a forensic psychiatrist hired by Boulder authorities, said Lacey's public exoneration of the Ramseys was a big slap in the face to Chief Beckner and the core group of detectives who had been working on the case for years. I absolutely agree with that because... The The whole fucking crime scene was so fucked up. Everything was so fucked up. Like, how are you going to exonerate an entire family just because of that? And the thing about
1: touch DNA that is so... Which is why it's been so criticized is the fact that the reason why it's called that is because it only requires a very small sample for example skin cells left on the object after it was t- object or person after it was touched or casually handled or either from footprints it only requires seven or eight cells from the outermost layer of the human skin that's it It's all it requires so it's 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 literally they they're what they're saying is one small part of DNA was tested through trace DNA, through touch DNA on John Bonet. That ruled out familial DNA. And that's when they decided to exonerate the Ramses. The fact of the matter is all of the other DNA samples, none of those have been tested against the Ramsey DNA. And now you've completely thrown out any chances of familial DNA ever being tested because the district attorney decided to exonerate the family it's literally i mean what michael pitts or what stephen pitt i'm sorry that forensic psychiatrist said could not have been more true you complete. it's it's like you spat in the face of these detectives that worked so hard on this case for years for years trying to find out Um, who killed this little girl? And I just think that, you know, it didn't. Look, being rich. And then you're white. That's all I'm going to say. What? It can buy you a lot. You can get away with a lot. You don't have to necessarily be white. But being rich and white? Like being rich? Yes, being white? Kind of a little, little sprinkle on top of the cake. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you eat little Fruit little extra. Loops and drink Ross Right. milk you're doing Like it. a psycho.
0: Um, and
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm just, I
0: guarantee that that's how they eat Fruit
1: Loops. I'm sure that's how that kid eats Fruit Loops to this day. Right? Still looks weird. <laughs> Wouldn't put it past him at all. Um, so, he going into the theories and um, suspects. Um, Now, again, this is what Wikipedia mentions, not our own, but we'll, of course, get into that. Um, Typically, the two theories based on JonBenet's death is either an intruder or a family member. So, to go into the family member theory, Boulder Boulder police initially concentrated almost exclusively on the parents, which is usually not out of the norm in cases like this. According to Greg McCary, who was a retired profiler for the FBI, statistically it is a twelve to one probability that a family family member or a caregiver is involved in the homicide of child. There was no evidence of forced entry, but they did see evidence of staging, such as the ransom note. They did not find um, that the Ramses were co- the Ramses were not cooperative in helping to solve the death of their daughter. Um, they said that their reluctance was due to the fear that they would not be that there would not be a full investigation for intruders and that they would hastily be selected as the key suspects i would just to like the to daily camera. i would so just like they, to call bullshit on that so the, so their <laughs> their reasoning for not cooperating is because they didn't want the case to be turned on them they wanted to make sure it was turned on someone else that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. If it
0: was the opposite, if you were actually cooperative, I, if, this, if you me, start lying you become if,
1: uncooperative, you're pointing the finger at yourself. I don't yeah. know how you can say that. If otherwise. you're
0: cooperative, like super cooperative, and you do everything that they ask you to do and you're helpful, then they're not going to suspect you immediately. They could still possibly
1: down the line, but right. not immediately. Oh, you're not cooperating. You, Yeah, I mean, you're throwing up every red flag you can think of. Uh, Yeah. One theory is that Patsy struck Jaminé in a fit of rage after she had a bedwetting episode and strangled her to cover it up, after mistakenly thinking that she was already dead. However, Patsy was not known for a history of uncontrolled anger. Jaminé's brother later said that we didn't get spanked, nothing of the sort, nothing came close, nothing near laying a finger on us, let alone killing your own child that was something that he had mentioned on a Dr. Phil interview a few years ago theoretically the strangulation could have been a red herring an aspect to conceal other elements of the assault and the killing Burke was nine at the time of JonBenet's death he was interviewed at least three times the first two did not raise any questions a review by a child psychologist stated that it appeared that the Ramseys had a healthy caring family relationship I mean could be very easy to keep up appearances like that In 1998, Boulder Police Chief Mark Beckner said that during an interview with a news reporter that Burke was not involved in the killing of his sister. In May of 1999, the Boulder DA's office reiterated that Burke was not a suspect and investigators had never considered him a suspect. I don't believe that. Um, The Ramseys offered a $100,000 reward in in a newspaper ad dated April 27th of 97. I would just like to say that... I turned four on
0: that day. Right. Oh, my God. I would just more like than, to
1: say. <laughs> more than it's true. More than four months after the body of their daughter was found, they submitted for the first time to separate formal interviews at the Boulder County Justice Center. In 1999, Colorado Governor Bill Owens spoke out, telling the Ramsey couple to quit hiding behind their attorneys and their PR firm. A Colorado grand jury voted in 1999 to indict the parents. The indictment cited two counts of child abuse and that the parents unlawfully, knowingly, recklessly, and feloniously permitted a child to be unreasonably placed in a situation that posed a threat of injury to the child's life or health, which resulted in the death of jean Bonnet, a child under the age of 16. Among the experts who testified in the case were DNA specialist Barry Sheck and forensic expert Henry Lee. On October 13th of 99, Alex Hunter, who was the DA at the time, refused to sign the indictment saying that the evidence was insufficient, The public thought that the grand jury investigation had been inconclusive. I agree with all of that. In 2002, the statute of limitations on the grand jury's charges had expired. Um, On October 25th of 2013, the grand jury's vote to indict was not revealed publicly um, until then. Uh, Previously, the court documents had been sealed. Um, The case of JonBenet Ramsey was a show that was broadcast on CBS from September 18th to the 19th of 2016. This is what I remember. I remember remember that too. It used a group of experts to evaluate the evidence. The group theorized that Burke hit his sister in the head with a heavy object, possibly a a flashlight, after she stole a piece of pineapple from him, perhaps not intending to kill her. They, They suggested that the ransom note was an attempt to cover up the circumstances of JonBenet's death. On behalf of Burke Ramsey, his counsel filed defamation lawsuits against CBS. Now, they, uh, we're not going to get into that part of it, but a fam- apparently Burke, the parents, and even other several members of the family, mind you, John had two other older children, filed several defamation lawsuits over the years against filmmakers, documentary makers, news outlets, everybody. Literally everybody. Um, his counsel filed defamation lawsuits against CBS, the producers of the program, and several of its participants based on many of its claims. Um Now, as far as theorizing that Burke did it, here's my conclusion real quick, just since we're going on that before we get into the intruder theory. Because there was, obviously I didn't get into the gory details because I'm not, she was a child, but there was evidence of sexual assault. Not necessarily that night, but that she could have possibly been sexually assaulted before. I think that Burke was molesting his sister. I don't know how long it was going on, but I think he was molesting his sister. A sign, it, there was evidence that John Bonet had wet the bed, right? Not that night, but that she had wet the bed before. Wetting the bed is a sign of trauma.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay? Yep. I'm just letting, I'm, I'm letting people know this. I mean, you can look that Please, up. That's, that, that's, I'm not making this up. That's I real. i this up. Bedwetting is a sign of trauma usually okay. isn't it usually it with usually sexual is. Trauma it's as usually well? a sign of sexual trauma yeah yeah typically now now otherwise it could be you know if your kid is is drinking juice at nine o'clock at night and he's you know peeing or you know obviously there's other factors that can lead into that but typically if it's something completely out of the norm and all of a sudden your kid starts wetting the bed that's a trauma sign typically a sexual trauma sign i think he had mol- been molesting his sister And I think that he lured her downstairs with the pineapple in the middle of the night to molest her again. And I think she finally was like, no. Um, Or something happened with the pineapple. Either she came downstairs and he gave her pineapple or he was eating pineapple and she woke up. Something happened with that. But then I think that that led into him trying to touch her again. And she was like, no, I'm going to tell mommy or whatever. And that's when Burke attacked her. I don't think he intended on killing her. Again, he's nine years old. Um, he could have possibly seen something like that in a movie. But a nine-year-old to really know what it is to actually kill someone, I don't think they have that mental capacity to know that. But they would know how to harm someone mm-hmm. or how to hurt somebody. And he would have been strong enough to hurt her. She was a really tiny little itty bitty, five six years old. She was she was itty bitty, right? So she was yeah. She was six years old when she when she was murdered. She was itty bitty for that age. Um, I don't think he intended on killing her, but I don't think he wanted his parents to find out what he had been doing because that you know. These were an affluent family. I don't think they would have known how to handle it. They would have sent him to therapy. God only knows what. But, uh, and I think that's what happened. And I think he, I think he wrapped her in a blanket and tried to like make it look like she was sleeping or whatever, you know, and and put her downstairs. Um, Or maybe even after they ate the pineapple, they were playing around downstairs and, That's when she decided, no, I don't want you to touch me. I'm going to run upstairs. And he, you know, hit her and then dragged her body into the next room. I'm just saying, like, there's enough evidence to show that Burke did it. Even, even, and I I hate to even say evidence because there was really no evidence at all because they botched fucking everything. But it's so plausible, allegedly, with the circumstantial evidence that Burke would have been able to do this. I do think there is evidence that Burke was molesting her. I, I I'm, I, I'm telling, I believe that with every fiber of my being. I don't believe he intended to kill her, but I do believe he killed his sister. And I think that once his parents found out that, he, I think he went and woke them up, and told them what happened, and they freaked the fuck out, and they made up this whole fucking story, and that Patsy wrote that Ramsey or wrote that ransom note, and the whole fucking thing was a setup.
0: I would just like to say that she took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. To a T. Because if, when I was really starting to get into this story.
1: And it was a case knew, of John Bonnet thing that yes. really made me point it more to Burke. But not not this theory necessarily. Could have been the flashlight thing. But it really was pointing pointing it more to me with this. And then the molestation thing was really pointing it to me because it's like if there was evidence of sexual trauma, not rape, not semen, not anything like that, that doesn't necessarily mean it happened that night, but that means that it's this has happening. happened before and it's been happening. Yeah. And by nine years that old, was the, he yeah. would know what he was doing Yep. as far as molesting her. Mm-hmm. Not intentionally to kill her, no. but to tell her, shut up, I don't want you to tell mom and dad what I've been doing. If you better exactly. got to not tell them. He would know at nine years old to threaten her not to say anything. And she's like, no, I'm going to tell. And
0: it's just like what you said.
1: I think she got to the point where she was like, you know what? No, I'm done with this. Like, I'm tired of this. Like, this doesn't, I. you know, you would know by that age that that's wrong. Like, you may not necessarily know what's going on as far as the sexual aspect of it because you're six years old and that's fucked up. But you're going to know that it's wrong, mm-hmm. that my brother should not be doing this to me and that I'm going to tell mommy and daddy what you're doing. And he's like, no, you're not. And I think he probably, I don't think he knew the capacity of how to murder someone at that age, but definitely was trying to shut her the fuck up because he didn't want to get in trouble.
0: I think it was just like what you said. I I think he also freaked out, you know, in the moment. Oh, I think he totally freaked out. He's like, oh, I'm going to go tell mom and dad. And he's like, fuck. So he hits her. Not meaning to kill her, whatever, whatever, and just hits her, and right. then realizes what he did, and then he's like, "Oh and my, then he oh, freaks fuck. the fuck out!" Because like he just he freaked out in a moment of, "You're gonna tell mom and dad I've been touching you," and yeah, threatens her by hitting her, and then accidentally kills her. Right. Everything you just said was my, I exact like that was exactly what I thought happened because what really got me was the no rape, but trauma. Just like you said. And I'm like, hmm. Wait, wasn't the brother like nine? Okay. Some things are starting to make sense right now. So. And he would be smart enough to know. I right? have a nine-year-old nephew. He's incredibly smart. They know. He's very smart. And
1: and really, in this instance, that means that I'm not saying that the parents did this. But somebody could have molested Burke or had been molesting right. him. There could have been a family member. You know, we'll get into this intruder theory. But there was like this creepy neighbor that played Santa Claus that used to hang around. There were just some creepy. There was some creepy friends. Burke could have been could have very well been molested. And. You know, typically that happens. Usually a child
0: that's that age, even though they know kind of what they're doing, they do what they're taught. Right. So he's even if it feels wrong, right. Maybe part of it feels right because you don't really
1: know what you're feeling and there's no there's no shame in that because you have no idea what's going on in your child. You, you don't you don't have any no right. fucking
0: clue. Which is probably so, another reason why the parents were like, Shit, we need to cover this up because yeah. he's a literal child. they they knew what would have
1: happened if any of this would have pointed back to their son, what would have ultimately happened with Burke. It, it's been, he could have been tried as an adult at nine years old. It mm-hmm. has happened. Mm-hmm. They could have put a nine year old little boy in adult prison. So, you know, I, and I'm not saying that the parents, I you know, who, Again, I don't have fucking kids. I don't plan on having kids. I literally have no... I, and again, this is all allegedly speculation. I have no proof of this. I just want to throw that out there. I don't want anybody fucking suing me or coming after me. This is all allegedly. <laughs> yes. In quotations. Everything we're saying is all allegedly. These are our own theories. Um, I I don't... I'm not going to have children. I don't have children. I literally don't even know... I don't I don't think anybody could say one way or the other if the Ramses did the right thing or the wrong thing. I don't think they knew what the fuck to do. Who would ever know what to do in this
0: situation? Whether that's one of those kids or not. That's like, one of those situations wait, where I can't sit could, here and be like, well, here's the black and white answer. No, because this is insane. Because you're no. trying to protect your child. Like, but also you know your child did wrong. Like yes. your, your brain is so fucked up in that moment that you don't know what to do. Personally, I don't think the parents were molesting him. No, I don't either. No, but no, someone else no. close I think to him—creepy fucking neighbor, or yeah, an uncle, or a
1: friend, or somebody. Somebody had molested that kid. Somebody had done something to that kid mm-hmm. for him to think it was okay to try to do it on his sister. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, and again, allegedly, but um, right, <laughs> this is yeah. It it just. I, I, If anything, I'm going to tell, honest to God, I feel really, at the end of the day, no matter whether or not you want to say they were right or wrong or whatever, I really feel sorry for John and Patsy Ramsey. Yep. I really, really felt sorry for those two people. Their daughter is dead. They're being blamed for it. Their son potentially allegedly did it they're trying to protect him, they're trying to protect themselves. They've got everybody, you know, it, it And on top of all of it, they lost a child. They lost a baby.
0: Literally a baby, a baby. She's 6 years old.
1: <laughs> a 6-year-old is a baby. So, um she would have been 31 Yeah.
0: This year. Oh my god.
1: Yeah. It's just insane. Mm. So the second theory of course was the intruder theory that the police and prosecutors had followed leads that intruders of intruders, partly due to the unidentified bootmark that was left in the basement room where JonBenet's body was found. Early persons of interest were the neighbor that I mentioned who played Santa Claus, Bill McReynolds, a former housekeeper, Linda Hoffman Pugh, and a man named Michael Helgoff, who, uh, apparently committed suicide shortly after JonBenet was, uh, was found murdered. Hundreds of DNA tests were performed to find a match to the DNA recovered during her autopsy. Um, Officer Smith, uh, Lou Smith, assessed the evidence included that an intruder had committed the crime. On the night that she was killed, there had been two open windows that were left slightly open to allow for electrical cords for the outside Christmas lights to pass through, a broken basement window, and one unlocked. Smith's theory was that someone had entered the Ramsey home through the broken basement window and... This was criticized because there was an intact cobweb in the basement window. Well, there you go. It was also you. one of those really weird, like, skinny basement. If, if if people know what I'm talking about that have a basement in their home and it's like an older basement. You would hit that cobweb. Really, oh, my God. Well, not to mention the fact you would have to be so fucking skinny to squeeze so for a grown man, me- this is all I'm saying, it's just for a grown man to squeeze through a window like that, never, never this- even mind the cobwebs, but
0: just, this guy's going, let me just squeeze, <laughs> let me just squeeze, <laughs> pulling oh it right God. there. you have to pull like a,
1: It was in the Santa Claus,
0: where they like shrink we his- <laughs> like, t- Tim
1: Allen like shrinks himself to get, yeah, shit. no, have- yeah, no, it just, it's impossible, this wouldn't happen. And
0: you're going to 100% hit that cobweb. A hundred percent. <laughs> 100. Let me tell you I make sure to hit everyone that I come in contact with. So and again because...
1: there was various cobwebs and different tracks of the windows, dust, debris and everything and literally none of that was touched. So that just blows the that blows that out out the window as far as I'm concerned. Um, again but going back to Smith's theory that a sub uh, an intruder subdued Jaminet with a stun gun. Um, again, there were no marks found on her body during, there's going to be marks on your body if you, if you were hit with a stun gun, there was no marks on her body at all. Um, the theory was supported by John E. Douglas, who is a former FBI agent, um, the, uh, uh, the composite character from Hunter was based on John E. Douglas. Uh, he believed that somebody was actually, that the Ramseys actually hired someone to kill her, I don't know. I don't even. Know, I'm gonna, know I'm about gonna that. say that. No. I don't know about that. I, I trust. <laughs> John, I trust John Douglas, um, but I don't, I don't know if I buy that one. Um, he believed that the Ramses were innocent. Uh, Smith, or I'm sorry, believing that the Ramses were innocent, Smith resigned uh, on September twentieth of nineteen ninety eight, five days after the grand jury was convened against the Ramses. Uh, while no longer an official investigator on the case, he continued to work on it until he died. Of, he died of cancer in 2010. Stephen, oh, so many people died of cancer. I think this. I think again, pain and trauma like that. When it comes to something like that, I truly believe all that energy can tumors and all that shit. It just it's too weird of a coincidence that he died and then Patsy died in 2006. He died in 2010. It's just too crazy. Um, Stephen Singular, who was an author of a book titled Presumed Guilty, an investigation into JonBenet Ramsey, the media and the culture of pornography. This came out in 2016. He referred to consultations with cybercrime specialists who believe that JonBenet, um And I do th- I know this was thrown around a lot again because we mentioned how creepy the pageant thing was that she attracted uh, the attention of pedophiles and child pornographers due to her beauty pageant experience. It was determined that there had been 100 burglaries in the neighborhood in the months before JonBenet's murder. Again, it was right around Christmas time, so really that's not that uncommon. There were 38 registered sex offenders that lived within a two-mile radius of the home in 2001. Former Boulder County prosecutor Tripp DeMuth and Boulder County Sheriff's Detective Steve Answorth stated that there should be a more aggressive investigation of the intruder theory. One of the individuals whom Smith identified as a suspect was Gary Howard Oliva, who was arrested for two counts of attempted sexual exploitation of a child and one count of sexual exploitation of a child. Uh, those charges in June of 2016 were, according to Boulder's Daily Camera, um, which is a newspaper newspaper out of Boulder, Colorado, uh, Oliva, a registered sex offender, was publicly identified as a suspect in an October 2002 episode of 48 Hours Investigates, The Killing of Jean Monnet, The Truth Uncovered, which was broadcast by A&E on September 5th of 2016, concluded that an unidentified male was responsible for her death based on forensic DNA analysis of the evidence, and the documentary DNA and forensic scientist expert Lawrence Koblinsky, stated that an unidentified male committed the crime. The DA's office investigated pedophiles indicated investigating pedophiles Indicated to former Denver prosecutor Craig Silverman at the DA's attorney's office, or I'm sorry the District Attorney's office, followed the intruder theory. The Ramseys developed a relation relationship with Mary Lacey, who we mentioned before um, who exonerated them. Uh, she criti- she was criticized by authorities such as the city's mayor, Leslie Durgan. Uh, Silverman said um, this was the Denver prosecutor. Once you have conceded the possibility of an intruder, I don't see how any Ramsey could ever be successfully prosecuted. So there you go. Gordon Coombs joined the office as an investigator under Lacey when they were testing John Bonet's clothing for the touch DNA. He also said that Lacey strongly supported the intruder theory, talked about it with staff. Although he was not directly involved with the case, he said he was told not to voice his opposition to the theory because he might lose his job. Wow, that's interesting. It just seemed weird that the whole premise of this attempt to influence the entire agency. So if you said anything that went against what this DA Lacey had to say about the Ramses, then you could possibly lose your job. Oof. Like that's not bias.
0: <laughs> not at all.
1: God damn. You're looking at these people as suspects. You're not supposed to be making friends with them. Right. And again, like I said, I don't think that the Ramseys did it. But if you're looking at where we're coming, of where me and Casper are coming from with the theory of Burke being responsible, then the Ramseys are indirectly responsible. Whether they did the right thing or not, they are indirectly responsible.
0: It's technically, did, um, what's that called? When you assist. You're complicit. Yeah. You're like, complicit. Yeah. You don't, you didn't do it, but you helped. Your accessory. An accessory thing. Your accessory okay. to murder. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Because no, exactly. they didn't
0: help do it, but they helped cover it up. Exactly.
1: So, 100%. You know. 100%. So, I mean, they knew. Allegedly. They knew even before, right, allegedly. They knew even before the crime scene itself was botched that it was staged based on that. I'm telling you, that ransom. That ransom note, when I first found out about the case,
0: completely threw me off. And the thing too about what the fact that the father, quote unquote, found her and immediately moved her—you know—he knew that that was that was um, that he knew where the body tampering was. with evidence. Yeah, and he knew. he knew where the body was. Yeah, you know that. Yep. Because you ain't going to go into... There ain't nobody that dumb. There ain't nobody that's going to find somebody dead and touch them. Now, I mean, people could say
1: he was overcome with grief, finding his daughter. He didn't know what to do, yada, yada, yada. Um, But here again, I, I just... If you know the police are right there... Just go run and grab the police. Scream and go, oh my God, See, I See, yeah, my I, reaction would
0: have been like, oh my God. Like, I would have screamed or be like, oh my screamed. God, I found her. I and would, and the, the police would have exactly. I would have been
1: like, she's here, she's here, she's here, she's Not, here. Let me I just witness. go
0: quietly and pick up this child
1: and. And dramatically carry her up the stairs as I'm sobbing into the. I, I, I don't know. just. is. All yeah, that, that should be. It's, like I mean, it's, it's fucking terrible, Again, staged. Anyway. It has been. It was staged. Right. The whole thing was staged. Yep. Allegedly. So.
0: Allegedly. Alexis Valoran Reach, a 41-year-old elementary school teacher, was arrested in Bangkok, Thailand on 15th of 2006 when she falsely confessed to murdering John Binet She had previously been known as John Mark Carr prior to coming out as a transgender woman. She claimed that she had drugged, drugged, sexually assaulted, and accidentally killed her. According to CNN, authorities also said they did not find any evidence linking Reach to the crime scene. I hate even using female pronouns with this asshole
1: because it was never proven that John Mark Carr actually transitioned. Um we'll get into it later, but a lot of this shit with him claiming to be a transgender woman was all a ploy. There there literally has been no evidence since twenty fifteen that he actually ever transitioned. So I understand the stance that Wikipedia is taking here. You know, we don't want to ruffle any feathers and use the wrong pronouns. And, you know, I'm just going to say that. I'm
0: just going to say that. We're going
1: to read it the way they wrote it. But I just want to throw that out there that when I looked deeper, this John Mark Carr or this John Mark Carr guy is a fucking weirdo. There is something seriously wrong with this dude. I don't think he is in any way involved with John Bonet, but there is seriously something wrong with this guy seriously something wrong with him. So, I'll, I'll let Casper continue. But I just wanted to throw that out there in case people are like, what the fuck are they doing? This is the way Wikipedia has it written out. Um, this And this is all true. But like I said, there has been no evidence since 2015 that John Mark Carr ever transitioned. That was a name. He gave this name. He legally changed his name. But there was never any evidence that he actually transitioned when under any surgery or, and I'm not going to get into that with you. Well, they don't have to. I'm not going to get into that with motherfuckers. I'm just saying, in this guy's instance, since he's a piece of shit, um, (laughs) there's no real evidence that he ever did anything. So I'm just saying there, you have to take into account that there are crazy people like this person that will make this shit up and not only do it for attention, but to do it to get away with nefarious shit or even do nefarious shit like this creepy fucking child sex cult shit he was into. So good God. Yeah, this guy was insane.
0: So in, I'm going to use their pronoun there. There we go. In their confession, Reach had provided only basic facts that were publicly known and failed to provide any convincing details. Their claim that they had drugged John JonBenet was doubted because the autopsy indicated that no drugs were found in their body. Right. DNA samples that were taken from Reach did not match DNA found on John Bonita's body either. On October 26th of 2006, Reach sent an email to Bill Hammond. My phone just made a noise. And, uh, okay. (laughs) I was like, what the
1: fuck was that? (laughs) We both were like. (laughs) Okay, in case
0: everybody was like, uh, what? We don't have a soundboard that we're I not think, supposed to have. I think my phone just decided to throw in like a sound effect. I don't know. Cool. It sounded like the like going into a
1: sitcom. It like, was totally. Like- did. I thought we were like going into the next scene. I was like, "What <laughs> is
0: happening right now?" It was just is this funny. The scene like- change. <laughs> it's like, I have no You're idea what like happened. Paused, and then there is like, no what? other app open. I don't, I don't know. My phone is possessed. Okay, um, back to regularly scheduled <laughs> programming. So, on October 26, 2006, Reach sent an email to Bill Hammonds of Bill List seeking a literary agent to help publish a manuscript that some might find controversial. Reach later sent emails under numerous pen names, including Daxis the Conqueror, Dirk Burns. Yo. And Alexis. Reach later changed their legal name to Alexis Valoran Reach, or Delia Alexis. Delia. Delia. Alexis reached, according to Washington State driver's license, after coming out as a transgender woman. Where have I heard the name Delia before? On a movie or a TV show, because it just popped into my head. T- yeah.
1: When there was a catalog in a store called Delia's, but Delia is a name. That is a name.
0: It's a name on a a show show. that I watched recently. It was like, Delia. Anyway, I'm sorry, that just, like, triggered. It was
1: like, where... When you hear something and you're like, okay, that just just popped a memory that came out of nowhere.
0: (laughs) (laughs) However, this was denied by Samantha Spiegel who gained a restraining order from Reach who alleged Reach only intended to undergo gendered reassignment surgery to get closer to younger girls in a sex... child sex cult called the Immaculates. That's all I needed to know. Yeah, the Washington Post, a whole thing about that.
1: This guy was fucking insane. Um, again, like I said, there's literally been no evidence since 2010 that... John Mark Carr or Alexis made any indications that they were actually trying to transition and even if they were um it would have been done at least according to him in very just yeah somebody that is that obsessed with children Under nefarious conditions, I'm I'm not going to believe a lot of what
0: they say. Someone close to them being like, I'm pretty sure that they only came out as a transgender woman to get closer to little girls. Just, 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 that's nasty. Disgusting. disgusting. beyond fucked up. That's disgusting. Just, just you know, and it's
1: terrible because. It is terrible. Because that is not in any way, shape, or form what the transgender community represents. Not even close. So that's close. why I just wanted to tread lightly in referring to this person as part of the transgender community because as far as I'm concerned, they're not. This person is a sick fuck. Yeah. They're a sick individual. So I didn't want to make, I, I, just did, I didn't want us to get lambasted in any way with, you know, be respectful but don't, but do with this person or whatever. We're just putting it out there that this is not a representative of the transgender community. There are legitimate transgender and non-binary people out there that are doing that because they legitimately were born in the wrong body. This person, I don't think so. They're a sick individual yeah. and should not in any way be represented in that community whatsoever, as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's just fucking but disgusting. definitely don't, uh, just beyond disgusting doesn't Doesn't have anything to do with being transgender. It just has to do with being a sick.
0: I know transgender that, people. I do too. I know transgender people. I do and too. I have. Ne- they have never and like that, truly transgender no. people. Never come
1: across. You like can't that. even put those in the same category. That's no. not even like that. That is giving credence to something that right wing, crazy, fucked up, conservative, homophobic, transphobic people having their fucked up, crazy heads. And have for years that these are all sick people that do depraved things with children. And that is just, that is literally the sickest. For your mind to even go there about a person because of their lifestyle and how they feel about themselves is literally the sickest fucking most disgusting psychotic thing you could ever say. So I don't even want to put this guy in that category. I just want to throw that out there. He doesn't even, we're not even going to go there with that. Because you're not even going to put, we're not even going to put the two in the same category. Because we're not. Because that's giving credence to what crazy motherfuckers have been saying for years about the, about the LGBT, about the whole LGBTQ community as a whole. That they are sick, depraved people. And I'm not going to give those people any, just, it's not even one of the same. It's literally not even one of the same. You know, you're either a good person, no matter what your gender, whatever is, or you're a sick fuck. And this guy's, this guy's a sick fuck. It's very true. Bottom line. There two kinds not, of people. Did not have anything to do with Jean Monnet's death, though. Nothing. I just think that this brought a lot of sick fuckers out of the woodwork. Yeah. That's why it was interesting that that guy wrote that book in 2016 in relation to her having to do with the pageants. Because, unfortunately, those pageants do attract a lot of pedophiles. They attract a lot of sick people. So, it was very easy once all of the attention with Jean Benet came out with all of these pictures of her being in pageants that a lot of really sick, twisted individuals will start crawling out of the woodwork. Like they said, there were over 1,600 suspects. Come the fuck on. That's a lot, bro. You know? And again, you know, we could just. There's just so many other things we could get into with this case. Her being a little blonde, white girl, you know, that's going to garner a lot of attention worldwide. It, it just the the family never, being can I, can I, the family just, being rich and
0: having a lot of money. The can you I just know. ask a question. Why blondes? Just an easy. Just, just honestly though, every single fucking person in the Bachelor like two years ago. We're all blonde. I don't understand what any the blonde of these chicks that go is. missing on
1: spring break are all blonde. I don't know. like what is the point? You're, you're a blonde white girl, stereotype. You're a blonde white girl, you go to Cancun or Aruba or watch you're, yourself. You're, you're more than
0: <laughs> fucking watch yourself, man. I mean, like, I'm not trying to be funny,
1: but like, I don't know. Um, there could be a lot of theories though to get into that. Uh, the child, uh, for real though, I know you're just, you're, we're, we were half joking about The Bachelor earlier, so that was kind of a one-off thing that we were talking about. But um, in all seriousness with the typical white blonde child or girl, um, not necessarily saying this in JonBenet's case, but there's another really interesting case, uh, missing child case, not murder, but Madeline Kahn. I think everybody's familiar with that case. Um, child sex trafficking. Yeah. If they're white and blonde. So, it's literally priced, I I hate to even bring up this movie as an analogy, but like in Hostel, um, where literally, if it was a man or a woman, or depending on their race or what they looked like, there was a literal price put on their head by these contract, by these snuff contractors, um so it's almost kind of the same thing with child sex trafficking um their race their age are all dependent on who they will sell to and how much money they will sell for yeah this is a very sick sick thing that is very prevalent in the world right now um seattle and Atlanta are two of the biggest populations in this country for child sex trafficking. Watch your children if you live in Seattle or Atlanta. I am not making these statistics up. There are a lot of missing children from those areas. A lot. In Atlanta, especially, a lot of young black girls are just gone. They're just gone. And those don't make the news.
0: So just putting that out there. Um, now, Phil, excuse me, I would like to go throw up. <laughs> yeah, this that
1: really fucking crazy. I'm just, I'm, but I'm, I'm being honest. Um, it's a, sick, it's, it's uncomfortable to talk about, but it's it really is. Truth. But it's a truth, and, and it's, it's a, sad. And it's
0: happening right now. It's happening right now. That's why, honestly, the first time I saw the movie Taken, that they weren't she- Well, they were children. They were seventeen, I think. Teenage girls. Yeah, like. That just, it just fucked me up. That's not, and that's, that's, that's real, guys. It's real.
1: Shit's real. And honestly, that movie right
0: probably toned it down a happening lot. Happened
1: at, uh, yeah, sure they did. Yeah, because I only saw the first one. And, I'm you know, I don't know, I obviously have no idea. I, I watch, like, Vice and a lot of, um, investigative journalism, so, you know, I, I've seen a lot of things about, because it's just so... Oh my God, they're so fucking young. Some of these girls are so young. They are so young. They are literally babies. They're babies, and these people are fucking sick. And it's just, it's just awful. You know, I hate that it took this twist with the case, but with Jean Bonet and I was thinking Madeline Madeline Kahn and that whole story. Which well, we is the were discussing really the intruder, crazy. the intruder right, theory, and that, and and that things, whole thing. yeah, yeah. So even if that was true, that you know. Again, it's just, there's a sick world out here. I hate that this happened to this family. I hate that this is unsolved. Um, of course, like we said, we have our theories. And if if that is the case, then it's never. I, I just put it like this. That botched, that crime scene was so botched. And when that DA Lacey got chummy and decided to exonerate them immediately without testing all of the DNA samples without ruling every possibility out. It just we'll we'll never know. No. Nope. We'll never know. We will How never this is one case that we will definitively never know who killed this girl. It's gonna be like one of those deathbed confessions. Yeah. Like when the guy like I'm D B Cooper and then died. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like three people that fucking did that. Um this is there's gonna be it Even if that does happen, it'll be some shit like that. Like John, John's getting old. You know what I mean? Yeah. John could, you know, be dying and decide, hey, I'm gonna say who did it or whatever. So honestly, I think it would, I think it would have to go down like that. It would be one of them things, like somebody, you know, I want to get this off my conscience before I die, whatever, whatever. I
0: want to get right with the Lord. (sighs)
1: <sighs> so yeah this is just i think that's the saddest thing about this case is everything was so fucked up from the start and then just got more and more fucked it up. got once, worse once politics and money and all that shit what, you what mean to politics
0: it? and money mess Let everything shit. up
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the world's a
1: dumpster fire um <laughs> It's not, but it is. Let's just throw but it away. Not, but it
0: Let's is. just throw it away. Eat. Um, <laughs> it's the most wonderful time <laughs> of the yeet. <heat. laughs>
1: But anyway, guys, we know this was heavy. Um, we hope it didn't get too crazy. I again, I feel like everyone at one out. point was like, I need a drink. <laughs> like, like, oh, my God, I'm done. <laughs> I, we tried to leave out as many gory details as possible because we know a lot of people were already familiar with the gory details of this case. They've been put out there a million times over since this happened. Mm-hmm. So we didn't want to get into all that. But um, really more of the theories and just how botched this whole thing was and just the sad fact of the matter that this was a six-year-old baby, and they will never, ever definitively know who took her life. And um, she's a beautiful little girl. She's gorgeous. She was very cute. No six-year-old deserves. I mean, you're six. You don't even. I, that just my is niece even, is six. That's what I'm saying. You know, if I, someone, I swear to God, I have I three would do, nieces. Would just, I have I three nieces. She has three. Well, I've, I have four nieces and a nephew. And you have four. Uh, I have three, three nephews, and three nephews, and nephews, and a niece. And yeah, I, I j- no, you know, you don't even want to think about it. Just, just a child in general. If you have any type of soul, you just the, the to fathom anything happening because you know, <laughs> like children. Swimmer. Oh,
0: please! I have no soul.
1: <laughs> um, children and animals. It's like. And old you know, people, and like old elderly, elderly those are the people. most innocent. Yeah, elder abuse, all like crazy shit. Um, the most innocent of the world. It, it's just so hard to believe and hard to fathom and even grasp any of it because it is so sick and depraved to hurt people that are that are innocent like that. So, um, you know, rest in peace to Jean Benet. Uh I don't want to say. I hope you guys enjoyed because I hate. <laughs> Nobody ever enjoys listening to these, but, um, you know, we just, we, we hope maybe we kind of gave you some new information, maybe gave you other ways to think about the case, maybe gave you some, some, uh, documentaries to watch if you guys have never seen any programs or any of the specials about that. There are so many out there, um, couple years ago, and I, I know I throw this out a lot because it's, it's just a really informative, easy, and and fun, <laughs> even with the crazy subject matter, it's a fun podcast to listen to. and You really learn a lot, is Time Suck with Dan Cummins. They're about three hours long. They're great for long drives. They're great if you can work and listen to podcasts. Like I said, they're extremely informative because it's three hours and they just pull all the information. Um, And again, he's a comic, so he's able to throw in... A lot of, a lot more lighthearted things with the right timing because that's his profession. Um, but he did an amazing, amazing, which I listened to to prep because again, uh, unfortunately, guys, I'm so sorry. I did like no prep for this podcast because again, I was like on vacation brain yesterday. Um, but I did manage to listen to that podcast again. And that one is another, if you just search Time Suck, John Benet Ramsey, he's on YouTube and Spotify and like all the other platforms, but, um, That would be another one I would listen to if you guys want to get like a real long one with a lot of details and goes really in depth with all the theories and everything. Because we're not going to drag out three hours. But um, that's it. If honest to God, if you wanted to listen to a podcast besides ours about this case, that would be the best one I would suggest that goes into a lot more. Uh, minute details as far as the case itself uh evidence and theories of who did it so but yeah that's all i got i hate talking about this stuff but we gotta we, we do it <laughs> that's why we're not just the true Crime we only Podcast, do one because
0: we only do one because <laughs> this is all we can take my brain is just like no it's gross and it's awful and I remember when Ugh. we first started doing this, and I really, really dove into Ted Bundy. I was just disgusted. That was He's awful. Exhausted. That was really hard,
1: and I don't like. I just um. I was hearing him in my head. And <laughs> but you know what? It was. It was a good lesson to us. On it was our first time really doing research, and when when it's your first time with anything, you either die. You're you know you're either all in oh, I'm about or to die. <laughs> or you're or you're just kind of like head you know, underwater baby stepping it. <laughs> and we just we were head underwater we jumped in like we jumped in in the deep end like immediately and it was not the shallow and it was not good and uh but it was a it was a good I will say this it was a good learning experience because we realized that we can research without Pouring you know, ourselves, yeah. Without it taking, it over.
0: was kind of cool though because I remember the night where I was like, I was literally studying him, and I was listening to it, the It Follows soundtrack while oh, I was God. doing it because I had the like the seventies like feel going on, getting the vibe going of when. So it happened. I was yeah. like really fucked up. The timing of when it happened, especially when I found out that my mom lived in Florida when he escaped or uh, when he was in Florida. And my mom had brunette hair, and it was parted down the middle. God. I was like, well, I'm glad you lived. (laughs) Because, you know, I'm here. (laughs) Right? Exactly. You're like, (laughs) or I wouldn't be alive. (laughs) Um, That's fine. Um, Yeah, that's all I had. That's all I had as well. So um, next week is going to be a lot, a lot not as heavy it's gonna be a fun one uh we are going to have the amazing hosts from the podcast the new podcast series called ghoul friends uh Lindsay and lucy from um another podcast series have created their own podcast and they actually had me on and released the podcast today For that, which it was called This Shit is Gay and You Can't Change My Mind Otherwise, um, where we talked about Jennifer's body and uh, the 1942 movie Cat People, which I watched for the first time. And the lesbian subtext is deep. Um, But you guys should go listen to that. Go to. um, I love old movies like that because I swear to God, it's all over the place.
1: (laughs) <laughs> it's all there was so it was so heavy especially back then like in the 1940s especially um shout out to marlena dietrich oh God, that <laughs> woman I, that know a, talk, that love, great I know everybody too. talks about blake lively in suits now but let me tell y'all right now marlena dietrich queen she was the start of it she revolutionized it she did it best nobody did it better i love blake lively but
0: marlena she was, Dietrich, she was very very marlena Dietrich.
1: in that god damn that one <laughs> you don't, you you just don't you don't see that as soon anymore. as she came on you screen i was anymore. like that's a old that's a look where you don't <laughs> there's very few men or women that still have that mm, i don't know she just she had it though
0: she you guys been. should go listen to that episode. It was a blast to do that with Lucy and Lindsay. Um, we talk very heavily about Jennifer's body as well. And if you've seen Jennifer's body, you that shit is gay and you can't tell me otherwise. Period. Um, so you should go listen to that. They're on Spotify. Um, and I retweeted it and I've put it on my Instagram stories. Um, again, it's called Ghoul Friends. Literally G-H-O-U-L-F-R-I-E-N-D-S. And they're going to be on the podcast next week, and we're going to talk yeah. to them, and we're going to interview them, kind of see um, what they're up to. And uh, we wanted to give them some, give them some um, advertisement because they just kind of started out with their podcast together. I absolutely love them. They're sweet as all get out, and they're Scottish, like pfft. <laughs> just <pfft>. done. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're just you're just checking all the boxes. Oh, real quick, just just so there's literally no confusion marlena dietrich is not in cat people she's just she was just such a really big queer icon in the 1940s so um i just wanted to throw that out there uh even though obviously she wasn't out it just no people knew she was um but cat people is worth a watch i just wanted to throw that out there there was just She, amongst other actresses, amongst other movies like Cat People, everything in the 1940s just had so, there was just a lot of queer stuff. There was a lot of gay things. There was a lot. There was just a lot, especially with women especially with women. So it, yeah. This, Simone Simon is the name of the girl that was in it. Yeah. She's the star of the film. Yeah. But yeah, I just, this is, this is still just it, watch anything with Marlene Dietrich in it, but definitely watch Cat People. This movie is incredible. It I
0: was, have, I had never seen it before. I've and, seen it. And when I watched it, literally even the first sentence on the fir- like the first screen, I was like, this is gay. <laughs> like you just, you're like, okay, this is gay. <laughs> Oof.
1: <laughs> like I said, it doesn't take a, a lot of these movies. It does. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, go listen to that episode. Especially when you watch them now. It may not right. have been as late then, but when you watch it now, you're like, Jay. well, it's just, I love <laughs> what Lindsay said. Lindsay was like, you know, it, it's a movie that came out in the 1940s and it's still being talked about today. Right. Like in queer culture. Like yeah. it's still very heavily being talked about today in queer because culture. Because of the influence that Right, exactly. On, on,
1: you know, not only filmmaking. As a whole, but just queer feel Oh my god, I forgot they made a terrible remake of this movie. Oh my god,
0: I haven't seen the came out in
1: eighty two. Don't watch it. I forgot. I literally forgot all about it. It (laughs) it, It's it played up more on the sexual overtones that the nineteen forty one couldn't because obviously it's the eighties. So it just came off very soft core pornish, and it's not. It's not good. It's
0: not. It's just.
1: You'll see that you'll be like, "Oh, I know all these actors that are in it." It doesn't fucking matter. Don't watch it, please. <laughs> it's not. It's just not worth it. it, it movies like that, I just, just don't. The nineteen forty two one though. Um, obviously, a few things are going to be dated because it's nineteen forty two. Right, but um, for
0: what it's worth, though, it's it's fantastic. It, it is for especially for the time it what came out in. And, um, and like we said, if it's still being talked
1: about today in relation to queer filmmaking, then that means it's important.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And in its own way, still holds up.
0: And I love the fact
1: that- I need to when... watch it again. It's been a really long time. I just, I get into these bits of, and especially now, I don't know what it is, but like, I've really been discovering old movies again. Mm-hmm like really getting back into watching old movies. I loved them a lot as a kid. I used to watch a lot of these old movies with my mom and my dad, like these, the, the, I, I mean like forties and fifties movies. And now I'm getting older and starting to get back into watching them again. Um, and this was one of those ones that was like, it was universal pictures. So this was kind of one of those ones that I watched as a kid, along with like Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, all the ones that my dad grew up with. So my dad was born in 1947. So these, this movie and these type of movies are the movies that he grew up with as far as horror films. So now I'm kind of falling back into watching them again from when I watched them when I was a kid. And this was one of them. And I may not have gotten... I didn't really get as much of the subtext then as I did when I watched it later. Which which was still been a few years ago. So I do need to revisit it again. Um... You, you get it. Yeah. If you're older and you know you watch it, you're like, oh, okay, this is, yeah, I know what this is. Well, we
0: <laughs> I I, exactly what this is. We had talked about it too, and I love how Jennifer's Body is now a cult classic. Like yeah. when that movie came out, it was ahead of its time. Nobody liked it. Nobody liked that movie when it first came out because let's be real. And we talked about this in the podcast. It was advertised to men. And let me tell you why, Megan Fox. Because in all reality, it was directed by a woman. The two main characters are women. That movie was for women. Women saw the trailer and were like, oh, it's another sexy movie with Megan Fox. We don't want to go see this. That's why it got shitty reviews. None of the women went to see it. All of the men went to see it. And they were like, what the fuck is this? And the men were mad. Because I'm telling you, when you talk to any woman... I, when you talk to any woman who has seen this film, they fucking love it. They absolutely love it because it's such a stamp for women. Um, and also Needy and Jennifer were all over each other. Let's be real. I mean, like. God my subtext in that. Literally, I mean, she's infinity. having sex. Could you even sex? call
1: it subtext? I don't, I don't even think that She is you-
0: having sex with her boyfriend and yeah. thinking about Jennifer. Like, yeah, there, I don't (laughs) even think you can call it subtext. I don't
1: care for Megan Fox, not going to get into it, but that even she has been very vocal about how much she was sexualized in her early career and, you know, whether she liked it or not, you know, that, that's all that got pushed and Ultimately would kind of ruin this movie because or at least ruined how it was advertised mm-hmm. because she was so overtly sexualized that I mean, come on, look at what the fuck they did with the, the poster. She's in the fucking cheerleading outfit, and you see a tiny bit of blood and it says Jennifer's body. That doesn't tell you not a goddamn if I saw thing about that. The movie. I'd be
0: like, what the fuck is this? And I did. It. I didn't, I was like, I don't want to watch this. And then I watched it and I was like, I Hello. watched the the tree. I, I will find, find you oh god, that's <laughs> i'm still here i swear now. to god
1: i hope i never see adrian brody <laughs> anywhere like i don't want to meet him i don't want to see him at a convention i don't want to randomly see him at a starbucks i literally don't ever want to see his face because i will you'll see him across the street and she'll go I'm just gonna start screaming that song at him. Like, sir, I'm sorry, but every time I see your face, it's the OC and that fucking song. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You did this. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, this is this is all millennials have when they see your face. Okay? This is it. It's the OC and that fucking song. Okay, that's it. It's literally it. I don't know what to fucking tell you. You you're gonna be 85 years old and people are going to be screaming through the trees. They're going to be pointing their walker at you and screaming through Low the Low shoulder, baby. I don't even know. Low shoulder. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, that movie, like, I did the same thing. I saw that post. I had no interest. Again, didn't care for Megan Fox. Saw the poster. Had no fucking interest whatsoever in that movie. And it was literally, it was years after it had come out. But I'm guilty of this anyway. I- I'll see something 80,000 years after it comes out. <laughs> I'm like, what did the- I like, 91? I just saw it yesterday. Um, it's, I'm so glad I did. I think there are so many people out there that that was one of those movies where they were so glad they finally saw it. Because it's like, this movie's amazing. It's and just- the ending is phenomenal. Oh, my God. God! Amazing. The ending is, there is literally not enough that I can say about the ending of that movie. It's my favorite fucking part. Not that it's over. I mean, I love the movie. I really <laughs> do. I didn't want it to be over because I loved it so much. But the ending nailed it. Single-handedly, I think that's that's my favorite part of the whole movie. Is the ending is just... I'm not gonna it's lie. It's
0: executed so
1: brilliantly. It is. I feel Brilliant. like and I know
0: me and most of the people I'm closest to all were like, we more into Needy's character. Oh, for, which is
1: why I love the ending. Right. If nobody's seen it yet, right. I don't want to give it away. Amanda I Seafried is a your year- god. Yeah, if you didn't <laughs> love her by like the middle of the movie, by the ending, she is literally the only character you give a fuck about. Because she's, yeah. Oh yeah, the general consensus is always uh, you know, I was more into Needy than I was. Tell me, like, how could you not? That was like that was the role for don't you? Why don't you, you really stay the
0: night and we can play boyfriend-girlfriend like we used to? Bitch! If that wasn't... If that wasn't it. Come again? <laughs> no, really. <laughs> Please. I mean... Please. Because actually, to be honest with you don't guys, make me the first um, <laughs> thing that drew me to that film was the kissing scene because because and gay, gay because I was young and I looked up lesbian kissing scenes uh, on YouTube because who didn't? didn't? Who didn't? I'm. I because thank business. you. Thank you, um, Wild Things. So, Fuckers. of course, because of Wild um, Things, I was like, I want to see more of this. And that was the top scene that kept coming up and everything. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. And um, that's how I got turned on to the movie, was that scene. And Lucy was cracking me up because she goes, "Honestly, that's my favorite scene." <laughs> I was like, "Toe thumbs," but yes.
1: <laughs> I hate to say, I hate that she even got that moniker, but it's it's
0: it didn't matter. That scene was hot as fuck. Like I don't I don't care what anybody says. the The feminist part of me is like that was just used to pull in the men, and the gay side of me is like that is one of the hottest kissing scenes in any horror movie I've ever seen hands down like I just I cannot okay (laughs) I can't say that I disagree and I don't even I don't like Bella Thorne but the kissing scene in the babysitter oh fuck I just I was obsessed with her for like way
1: too long and then that fizzled out very quickly
0: I'm very happy for you (laughs) I think that happened
1: to everybody I was like oh she she doesn't
0: wash I would just like to ask Samara Weaving how that went. <laughs> I just got a lot of questions for a lot of these these white celebrities. I
1: don't know, y'all don't y'all don't be like bathing yourselves every day for me. Every day, like, I just I don't I don't. Mm-mm. I mean, um, mm, okay. Anyway, but yeah, so y'all just gonna be rich and rich and stinky. Okay, Wayne
0: and snippy. <laughs> That's what it sounded like when you said "rich, rich and stinky, rent and Stimpy. Um, but no, that 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 scene; those are the probably two of the hottest horror movie kissing oh scenes god. I've ever seen. Oh, I could that babysitter. I forgot about that babysitter scene until I watched it again with my roommate, and I was like, "I'm a little warm. I need a moment, please." Like I forgot. Well, I forgot this was in here. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, it's not Bella Thorne either. I was like, Samara Weaving is hot. So, just. Anyway. So, guys, that's all we have for today. You're like, I choked. We went on a gay tangent, but it's fine. Um, it's all right. Go check out the ghoul friends before we talk to them next week. Please go do. check out the new episode that I was just on them with. Uh, yes. Go check out their other episodes. Um, And follow them. Give them a follow on Twitter and Instagram. I know they have. I'm pretty, pretty sure they're on Spotify and iTunes. Um, so, go check them out. And of course, you know our socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at uh, DFWTO Podcast. Handle is DFWTO8811. We are also on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iTunes at DF- or uh, Don't Fuck With The Original. Give us a review, give us a follow. You always know when we put out new episodes. <sighs> Have a great week, guys. <laughs> I just <laughs> doubted. It was, like, <laughs> was like you know, took huh? one big breath and I then did. got it all out and then went, <sighs> okay, got it. <laughs> God. You guys have a great week We love you and remember Don't, don't fuck with, with the original, original. Okay, bye 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 bye, bye. bye, bye. bye, bye.